everybody, it's Pastor Nicole Schreiber. Uh, we're so glad that you are tuning in today. This is our bonus material for our uh, new series we just began this week called Blessed, where we are diving into the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. And really, our thought with this is this is a great time of year to bike and to run and to walk and to sit on the beach and to do anything outside. And we thought this would be a great way for you to just listen in. We're going to produce, um, you'll of course have Sunday on podcast, and then we'll push out a bonus material podcast in the middle of the week so that you can tune in, study just a little deeper even, a little bit more about the scripture, and really hear um, what God has to say about this particular um, sermon on the Mount that he delivered um, that we that we can really dive into. So thank you for tuning in today. We hope that this is uh, just a great time for you to kind of continue to think about um, this scripture and continue to grow in anchored teaching, which is a core value here at Erie First. And so I'm going to start this uh, the conversation here um, just where I ended my sermon on Sunday. I told a story, an allegory of a man who had a dream in which an angel showed him two doors, and one was marked heaven and the other was marked hell. And very curiously, the man went to the door marked hell, and inside he saw an unhappy sight. There were 12 people um, who sat around a cauldron of steaming hot soup, and beside them were these large spoons, too large in fact. The spoons required both arms and all one's might to lift and place in the cauldron. And many were able to get food on the, the tip of the spoon, but the weight of the spoon caused Um, them to tip over and so the the food could never actually get to their lips and so the people were starving and they were never able to eat from the deep cauldron the spoons are too long and the spoons are too heavy and the angel explains in the dream most in hell have spent long hours trying to feed themselves but they failed and failed again and the dreamer just saw them starving and and staring and and he he stepped away from the doorway and he said these people have no hope he said um It would be terrible to just see the thing you need sitting right before you, but being unable to even have a taste of it. And so he opened the door marked heaven. And inside he sees 12 people sitting around a deep cauldron of soup with spoons too large to lift their lips, almost exactly like what he saw in the room marked hell. Uh, But in this room, the people were joyful. They were... um, full of life. They did not look like they were hungry. And um, there was laughter and there was singing and and people were celebrating. And and the man was very puzzled by the contrast between the two rooms because they looked very similar in in nature with the same long spoons and the same pot of soup. And um, he he turns to the, the angel and he says, you know, why? Why are some, why are the people in heaven happy and those in hell were not? And the angel answers, those in heaven learned to feed each other. And it's this idea that uh, they took those spoons, those long, heavy wooden spoons, and they reached across the, the boiling pot of soup and they fed the person across from them. And then that person returned the favor. And, and in this way, they were able um, to have um, success. They were able to bend toward the service of others and they were able to have this attitude of the kingdom of heaven. And the attitude of hell assumes that everything exists for me, to serve me, to benefit me, because I am that significant. And and we aren't able to really serve one another. But when we serve each other, this allegory talks about that when we really serve each other, uh, we're able to really get the kingdom of heaven inside of us. And so it's interesting, for every beatitude, for every kingdom concept, for every kingdom living um, scripture that, that Jesus says, there is an antithesis. 
There is an opposite way to live. And when we live in that opposite way, um, we really um, just crowd out, we really drown out what the kingdom of heaven should be like in our own lives and what the kingdom of heaven should be like um, in, in our culture and, 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 and in our communities and in our homes. And so the antithesis of being poor in spirit is being prideful. So the opposite of being poor in spirit is actually being prideful. And, and pride is just a really uh, interesting thing because it sort of creeps up on us. And, and oftentimes we don't even realize that we have it um, until we really start evaluating it. Um, but what happens to us oftentimes is pride begins to destroy our ability to connect with other people. And, and, and what it really does is it, it's lethal in our relationships. And then often it really leaves us in a place where we're all alone and, and we're, we're destroyed in those times. Pride is not thinking too much of yourself. Pride is thinking of yourself far too much. I'm going to say that again. Pride is not thinking too much of yourself. Pride is thinking of yourself far too much. And so it's this idea that the very first thing we think about when we have circumstances come up or a challenge or or something that we have to overcome, we think, how will it affect us? How will this situation affect us? How, how will this affect my life? And instead of thinking about how our actions or attitudes or decisions affect other people, we think about how it's going to affect us. And, and what's interesting is because of our sin nature, that is very much our bent. Um, in fact, we have to fight very hard to um, go against that. It is easy to be selfish. It is very difficult to be selfless. It is easy to be prideful. It is very difficult to be poor in spirit because we really have to fight against our, our, what's, what we're actually wired to be. It's interesting. Jesus told a story of a man um, with two sons, and both of the sons were consumed with themselves. The younger uh, brother's pride um, led him to waste everything he had been given. He wasted his inheritance. He wasted his identity. Um, he, he completely uh, was just ran away, and he um, was ultimately led into the isolation of a foreign land. And so when his poverty became too much for him to bear, he thought of how much his father had. And so he came back, and he had hoped to become a hired hand. Um, and so he, his, his father, he, he had really hoped that if he came back, that his father would help him sort of in his need. And his father welcomed the boy back. Um, you may remember this as the story of the prodigal son. And he threw this huge celebration for him. Well, then the older brother also had a pride problem. And his problem came because all he did was he thought about himself. And he thought, well, um, you know, I never left home. I never squandered my inheritance. But yet I've never had a party. Uh, my, My father isn't treating me this same way. And so he also struggled with pride. And he, and he struggled with this idea that, that the younger brother didn't deserve what he got. Um, and so that really led them both into this uh, sort of moment of, of pride, which was the opposite of being um, pure in spirit. And what's interesting is in the, in the parable, the father in Jesus' story says he doesn't need another hired hand. He didn't want his son to come back and work for him. He wanted a son. He wanted children. He wanted um, children who would celebrate with him and, and live with him and love with him. And in his words to both sons, the father invited them to become more like him. 
He said, put your pride down on either direction, whether you feel like you have completely messed up and made too many mistakes, like the first son, the younger son, or if you feel like you have done everything right and you deserve everything you have, that's prideful too. So put it all down. Be poor in spirit. Be clothed in splendor. Be, 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 um, celebrate uh, together the life we have, but celebrate it because none of us deserve it. And it's interesting how we watch these two sons. They, they wanted to step um, sort of away from um, this reality that, that was true. They wanted to create a kingdom for themselves rather than a kingdom with others. And it's interesting because pride always leads us into isolation. Pride always leads us um, into trying to make it on our own, into trying to make a way for, um, to, 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 you know, alter a circumstance or think of a way that we can get out of it without asking for help. Pride always pushes us that way. Um, But because of that, pride can push us into isolation. And solitude is the opposite of the kingdom of heaven. Solitude is the opposite of the kingdom of heaven. So when we get stuck in our pride, like the younger brother or the older brother in that story, we often create distance between other people, and we certainly create distance between us and God. And the truth is, we were not made to be alone. The truth is, we were not made to be alone. Um, In Genesis 1, when God created the stars and the oceans and the ecosystems and, and all that stuff, he said, it's good, this is good, this is good. And then in Genesis 2, he creates a man, and he says, now, this is, this is, the culminating moment, this is really great. But then he says, uh, it's not good for man to be alone. And so he makes the man a helper. And it seems like um, the entire creation was created so that we were not alone, so that we had someone to love and that we could love other people. And, And what Jesus is saying here is that pride pushes us into isolation. It pushes us out of community And what we need the most as humanity and what we are designed for is to be loved and to love and to not be in isolation and to be together. And and going back to that first story I opened with, self-giving community changes everything. Self-giving community repels pride. And so if you are, maybe perhaps you're in a situation where you feel like you're stumbling through a little bit of pride, you you don't want to ask for help, Uh, maybe you... um, really uh, are faced with a situation that you don't even know who to turn to, when we begin to convince ourselves that we don't need anybody else, um, we are isolated, and then we cannot uh, usher in the kingdom of God in those moments. We need to be um, poor in spirit, as we talked about, uh, as the Beatitude is saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those that need each other. Blessed are those um, who just uh, know that they need other people to accomplish the mission and the purpose of what God has asked them to be. And so um, it's interesting, the kingdom of heaven is all about loving each other and loving and having relationships. And it's interesting, Jesus taught us to pray, our Father in heaven, your kingdom come, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And what he is just saying is that the kingdom of heaven is like a lost son who is in desperation, remembers his father's house, returns to find his father waiting for him, and throws a big party. The kingdom of heaven is, is, is about um, a king who forgives all those who owned him, 
unpayable debts and then ask the forgiven to forgive in the same way. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a wedding feast that, that the Father throws open the doors and invites everyone everywhere to fill his banquet halls. Jesus tells all these stories. He paints the picture of what the kingdom of heaven is to his disciples. And it's so interesting because in every scenario, the kingdom of heaven is always about people coming together. It's always about people coming together, needing one another, and being able to accomplish God's kingdom, God's purposes, God's kingdom purposes together. And so we cannot be prideful. We cannot be in isolation. We cannot be convinced that uh, we can do this on our own. As believers in Jesus, we need to bind together. And so I want to just encourage you this week um, to really wrestle within yourself. Um, Pray and ask Jesus, where in your life have you been prideful? Where have you um, needed help and haven't asked? Where is it that um, you really uh, need um, someone to come in and help you? Maybe you really need to help someone else with a trial or, or something that you see in their lives and, uh, and really lay down that pride. Or, or if you're feeling isolated, maybe really evaluate yourself um, and repent and see if there's a reason why um, that maybe you're feeling so isolated. Maybe you've taken things into your own hands and tried to fix things that community is really the only thing that will fix and the only thing that will give and breathe life to. Uh, I'm so thankful that Jesus shows us that the the way that we can um, just disintegrate pride is by being poor in spirit, by needing God. And as I challenge you on Sunday um, to really wake up every morning and say, God, I need you. I'm desperate for you. Um, I, I, I want you in my life. I want you to, I'm going to lean into you today to do everything that I have on my agenda. And God, I want to do what you want. And I want to keep encouraging you to do that. That will definitely crucify the pride in our lives and will lead us to a a moment of spiritual bankruptcy, which we know that the scripture said, blessed are those who are spiritual bankrupt, for they will inherit the kingdom of God. So I hope you have a great week and I hope you find someone to connect with this week. Find someone that can help you and find someone that you can help um, because the kingdom of heaven is not a kingdom of isolation and it is a, a kingdom of community and of loving each other. Um, have a great week. We'll see you Sunday at 10 a.m. at Erie First Assembly at 8150 Oliver Road.